0: And I'm Jim Gullickson, and joining me is Barb Lampson, Master Gardener. Welcome.
1: Hey there, Gully. It's good to be back.
0: Yes, and and we don't have Karen here today because what is she doing?
1: Yes, she's, she's
0: learning how to be a master gardener, and,
1: and she's certainly uh, in a good position to do that. She does so many gardening projects, and she's willing to take on her whole neighborhood and and help people already. So yeah. she's got the spirit. So she,
0: she does indeed, and so I'm I'm tickled that uh, that we can give her the time and uh, space to be able to do that. And uh, in the meantime, That's you're great. stuck with me, Barb, but you've got a lot to cover, so I don't have to do a lot of talking, I don't well, think. Well, you
1: know, I, I really enjoy this time with you, Gully, because you bring in a different perspective and cause me to think about things that I wouldn't normally, so so I think it's always a great program when we're together.
0: Well, I don't have a green thumb. It's generally a black thumb. Everything I touch dies. But uh, I was reading in um, the uh I think this is from maybe Wednesday's Free Press. Yeah, uh, on the um, Home and Garden section of Wednesday's paper, um, Diane Dunham Selly, who yes. you probably know, yes, uh, was talking about being uh, doing your research about getting your seeds because uh, she goes through a number of different things in this article that you have to do to seeds that are kind of complicated i mean i had no idea some of the things Well,
1: you know because nature takes care of a lot of these things so when you take something like uh, a native plant uh, you can't just harvest a seed and then plant them again Um, you can't bring them inside and let them be warm you have to keep them refrigerated and this is what causes them then the next year to just come up and just grow beautifully. Ah. And then also there are those seeds that have this hard o- outer shell. And if you see that um, in nature, uh, you take an acorn, that's really got a hard shell. Yes, it does. Something has to happen to that. So a lot of times it's it's the squirrels and, and insects and things like that that help crack that. So that's one of the ways so that the The fruit, the the seed is in the inside, and it's got this hard protective coating. So if you're going to do something with a hard outer shell, either you have to crack it yourself or you you scratch it or -hmm. or whatever you want to do so that that will work for you. But uh, it's always a good idea if you're going to do something, do a little research and find out which seeds you have to do this with. Now, those things that go in our garden, vegetables and things like that, on your seed pack it'll tell you just exactly how to grow this and there there is it's not complicated at all you just put them in the ground and Mm -hmm. you just maybe pray and water and hope that things (laughs) happen one of the things I have found with beans and peas yeah if I soak them for a few hours before I put them in the ground that softens that shell, and they're ready to come out that much faster.
0: Ah, corn so.
1: is corn is the same way. You you beat that, and if you want to really, if you want to keep them in water, just you know moist for twenty four hours, you're going to find out that that the, um, the the little sprout will start coming up, and that's kind of interesting for children to see. Huh. And you know, one of the ways that we check uh, uh, if a seed is viable or not, like if you save seeds, which I often do from my garden because I have something I just think that's lovely. It may be a hybrid, but it won't come back true. But I like this a lot. You just take, like say, if you take 10 seeds, you'd take a paper towel, you'd soak it, you just lay your seed in there, and you'll wait to see which ones will germinate. And so if you have nine of them germinate and one doesn't you know that you have 90 percent and you can just go ahead and plant them if you would if it would be the reverse would be true that uh, only one would germinate it wouldn't be worth putting them in
0: right right yeah and and uh diane actually talks about that a little bit uh, uh, in her article about some of those where you just don't get much germination rate and you consider the time the cost and all the right, rest of that stuff right. why bother you know the
1: disappointment and especially yeah. when you're looking at a very short, Uh, growing season that we have here in Minnesota. So I wanted to just touch on something very briefly. Uh, When I was in Georgia um, and visiting Fort Stewart, I was there to see the uh, Warriors Walk, which are about 565 crepe myrtle trees that have been planted in memory of soldiers who have lost their life, those that have um, shipped out from Fort Stewart in Georgia. And Every time I see something like that, it makes me think we have to do everything we can do uh, to be at the peace table, to be making peace. We have to have cool heads. We can't have people shouting, you know, put the troops on the ground, go in and, you know, do all of this because here are these people and and the. A lot of times the relatives and friends of the wound, of the soldiers that have died, they will send uh, Christmas decorations for the tree. And uh, and this is, you think of this, it's, it's wonderful that there is this place where we're remembering and we're thinking about our soldiers who've lost their life, but how horrible for this family. You know, this is one of the things they can do, but they're, it's, it's a new tradition, going and visiting this place and, mm-hmm. and decorating this tree to honor their child. So I, I just wanted to say that. Uh, I don't agree with um, when um, Fort Stewart first started planting these trees. They put in the eastern redbud, and when you put that many trees of one variety together, mm-hmm. they soon developed disease, and they had to take them up. Now they've put crepe myrtle in, and, uh, of course, Nobody asked me. But again, I think you can have a problem when you plant so many of one variety of trees. You know, in nature, we have to have diversity. Mm-hmm. If we don't plan for diversity, something comes in, it, it It can be a catastrophe. So that would be my criticism about that program. But oh, And by the way, Gully, I wanted to be sure and tell you, you, you clued me in on one of your Favorite meals that you had, which was shrimp and grits.
0: <laughs> shrimp and grits, yes.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Well, uh, uh, okay, so first of all, there's a very healthy dose or unhealthy dose of butter in shrimp and grits. Yes. And you cheese. can taste it. And cheese, and oh.
1: Oh, so good. And I said to you, oh, I've only had grits in hotels and they were terrible and they were starchy mm-hmm, and I didn't mm-hmm. like them at all. Okay. And you said, try this. So I said to my daughter, you know, Someone recommended Shrimp and Grips. She said, oh, mom, that's my favorite oh, meal, and oh, really? I know how to make it, and we can <laughs> have it anytime you want. And I said, well, if it's that good, I only want it once when I'm visiting. That sure. could be addictive. So good. Yeah. so yeah. you It doesn't sound like it would be good, but it's delicious. Oh, man. And there in Georgia, you can go out, you can go to the market, you get the fresh... Shrimp that were harvested yep. that day—it's <laughs> none of these shrimp that come to the market frozen, thawed, frozen, uh, probably from who knows where. Yeah, exactly. So good, so good. So that was my—that's my new favorite food. Good, and well, I'm it's glad a good I was
0: able to suggest that because yes. it was—it was—it was a real home run, and it was quite by accident. You know, I don't know if I told you the full story on that, but we were staying at a kind of a boutique hotel that was in uh, Savannah, right, and. I was actually waiting on my lovely bride Shannon, who was still getting ready, and um, there there was this. Well, it's a bar at night, but in the during the morning and daytime, it's more of a like a lunch counter and a, a place to sure, sit down and have sure. breakfast and sort of sort of thing. But we were going to go out to breakfast, so we we weren't going to stay there. But the the lovely Ms. V, who was behind the counter, yes, she said, "Have you ever tried shrimp and grits?" And I said, "Well, no." And she said, "Well, you have to try it." So she brought a little taste out. Right. I'm like. <laughs> That did it. Yeah, this is where we're having breakfast now. <laughs> yeah,
1: right, right, good. Any time of the day. Yes, yes indeed. Yes. Oh, that's that, my story. That that is so great. And yeah. and like I say, it's uh, if you're going there, you have to try that. That is so good. If you can get a recipe, go online, learn how to make it. That's great too. We just don't have that the fresh shrimp. Yeah, we, that's
0: something we're not going to have here in yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, no. exactly.
1: And no. the grits. The grits that we had were the the yellow corn, Mm -hmm. and my daughter said that's very important too. Yep, absolutely. on On a more serious side, okay. uh, I, I read about uh, an introduction of a new apple that's going to be on the market now. It's uh, a Minnesota apple. It's called Pizzazz.
0: I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I actually have been paying attention to the uh, flyers and stuff to see yes. if they're being advertised, and so far not, nothing no. in the, in the papers. No, and I'm disappointed
1: by that, too. Here's the reason why uh, we're, we're excited about this apple, because a lot of times... We have really great apples when they're harvested. When they go into storage, they start getting flat. They mm-hmm. don't taste good anymore. Exactly. Pizzazz is a, a cross between a Honeycrisp, which we absolutely love, but it still doesn't have the staying power, according to the people that introduced it, that this Pizzazz does. Because Pizzazz has been bred to have more starches. As they're in storage, that starch turns to sugar.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. So,
1: Plus, they have that... A little
0: bit of tart, right? Tart. Yes. Yes. So, See, I need that for an apple to be good to me. I uh, need to have a little bit of tart in there.
1: Right. And you know what? Um, I I just think it's so wonderful that uh, even with our short season, that we can do something like this and Mm -hmm. that they can be grown locally. Here's what I don't like about this. Uh, This apple is what they call a... um, uh, a club apple like a and,
0: proprietary in other words yes. not anybody can put in one of these apple trees in their yard Or we something.
1: will never have one yeah that's right yeah and maybe if you're a small apple grower, you will never be allowed to be licensed to grow them. Mm. And I like the idea of free market, where the market, the, the reason for doing this is because they say that they can control the quality of what the apple is. But isn't that what a free market is? Mm. Uh, if you put out an apple and it's not good, people aren't going to buy it. I mean,
0: right? I'm sure there are some arguments that you know one could make that, that might be somewhat compelling about this but honestly I totally agree with what you're saying and I kind of think it's become sort of a club and yes. uh, and, and by that I mean the people who are going to make all the money on it yes. uh, because you know I, I would imagine an apple that has these qualities if it's successful right? that's huge because you don't in the middle of winter you don't generally find apples no. that are very good. And you we know? want
1: things that have been grown local yep. that appeals to us yeah, absolutely um, uh, so but I think the price is going to be more than a normal apple. Oh, sure. But here's the thing. Apples, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> if I'm going to eat apples, I want a good apple.
0: Yeah, I, I don't like the mealy, icky apples no. that you get in the winter. You know, those like yes. red delicious pew. I don't I, I can't even. There's just nothing eat those. there. There's they nothing have that there.
1: thick peel on them. I yep. just I don't like that at yeah. all. So,
0: I'm kind of an apple snob actually.
1: I, I think I would be too. <laughs> and this article was saying that, you know, uh, finding the right apple is like finding the right wine. You yeah. know, so your your taste buds, they will determine this. So, so we've got the apple. Here's the other th- problem I have with this. Uh we wouldn't have the apple trees that we have in Minnesota if we didn't have a land-grant university. The University of Minnesota has done all this research. Now, they didn't introduce this pizzazz apple. That wasn't their introduction. But all of the best practices came from the University of Minnesota. Just as as, uh, when immigrants came here and they started growing alfalfa and Mm -hmm. things like that, and corn and soybeans, all of those things got their boost because The university was testing varieties, doing all that research.
0: And finding what the best varieties were for our climate and our soil conditions and all the rest of that stuff. Right,
1: and the same thing is true when we have a problem with disease or something. They're the ones that are doing all of that research. So...
0: And that's I, kind of, I always look at that as kind of public domain. I mean, it is I our land-grant university, right? I mean, right? Right,
1: right, right. And, and so that should belong to everybody. That kind of that kind of research and that new product, I believe that that, that really should belong to everybody. And then here's another thing that concerns me. Um, you know, the fruits and vegetables, about a third of all the fruits and vegetables that are produced today in this world are dependent on pollinators. How many people are Growing things and not putting back anything back in for the pollinators so that we have bees and butterflies and, and all kinds of insects that pollinate.
0: Yeah, so, I, I, I should we should have Clinton Meyer on sometime, uh, he's a longtime listener and beekeeper. Oh, oh, and yeah. he's he's uh, he's yeah he's somebody would who would probably be able to spend the next hour talking about that we'll, subject we'll alone. We'll have
1: to do that because yeah. I think that is so important that we all do our part. Yeah, and so um, if you use something from the University of Minnesota, you're using their research. You should at least be required to, or suggested to, that you have enough. Uh, uh, places for the all these pollinators, mm-hmm. and uh, and also I'm concerned about, you know, buffer strips that allow so that somebody else's uh, spraying doesn't affect the pollinators. So there's there's lots of things that that go with this whole idea of growing things. So I hope this company is, um, they're a good corporate. Person and I hope that they're investing back in the land and the environment around them as well.
0: Yeah, let's hope they're not using the the neonicotinoids or whatever. Yes, uh, neonics. Yeah, those
1: are so bad because you know here's the thing, like the bees and the pollinators, a lot of they'll use both the nectar, which gives them high energy which Mm -hmm. they need, and then they'll use the the. pollen so a lot of these chemicals like that one they are systemic they go into the plant and and this then comes out in the leaves It 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 comes out in the pollen and
0: and the flowers and the the, nectar and all of it
1: so certain bees will um like uh for example the uh bumblebees they have those pollen sacks on their legs mm-hmm. and you'll see a, a bumblebee and they'll just be thick with the pollen on there they'll take that back into their nest and now then they kill the babies the yeah. eggs that aren't even hatched yet because they when, when they come to they start eating that so um, there's, a, there's a lot to think about. Uh, and if you're going to grow anything, you have to be responsible and you have to think of the whole cycle, not just the end product. And then the other thing I was thinking about was uh, I, I've been so... Busy trying to catch up on things that have happened when I've been gone. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was reading about was the Henderson bird count, which happens every year at the Nay Center.
0: Yeah, now I've heard it pronounced Nye Nature Center, so I don't know how you pronounce that. Oh, it that. could
1: be Nye. It, yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. So we'll say Nye. And and I was surprised but not really surprised by the numbers of geese that they, that it was one of the h- second highest number of birds that they identified. And then of, also, of course, the the little um, house sparrows. Now, here's the problem with house sparrows. I You know, everything in the winter, I love to see it get fed and get watered sure. and that. I put in a... Vine. It's a perennial vine. It's very beautiful. I have it up on my porch. And the vine is called porcelain berry. And it has blue fruits on it that look like porcelain. They're just almost like a blueberry on them. And they have that kind of iridescence to them. Just so absolutely gorgeous. Well, they hold their fruit. So, what do you think comes and sits on the railings of my porch,
0: <laughs> and makes a mess all over your porch? I'm guessing.
1: Yes, it's these
0: sparrows. <laughs> and you, you, you and Al Bat are going to have to take it to the mat, I'm afraid, because he's probably a big fan of these house sparrows. Oh,
1: I, 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 I was a, I wasn't exactly a fan, but I tolerated <laughs> them until, and they. Okay, can we say poop on the air? Of course. They poop all over this railing, and Mm -hmm. they do this in enormous quantities. Of
0: course. They're probably happier than you can imagine that you've put this beautiful source of food for them right Right. in in the middle of your porch. Right.
1: Right. So now I'm out with my pruning shears, and I'm trying to prune back away from the railing. Ah. I mean, if it hits the snow, that's okay. Yeah. But please don't get on the railing. You know, this is is not good. Mm. And then I also read that in this bird count they also found... six northern flickers and they said that normally they would have migrated they would have went uh, south but they stayed on because there was plenty of wild grapes wow. and also the uh, well, it had crab been warm. Apple fruit well if, so here's the thing I'm wondering about um, if we have things that are starting to change their, their migration patterns and mm-hmm. when they migrate are we doing a disservice when we have things that hold on to the winter when you keep things that normally aren't accustomed to staying here? Mm-hmm. So that, that's something to think about, too. We always advise people to plant things that will hold their fruit into the winter sure. for these birds that stay, but what if we're attracting ones that are only marginally hardy and don't make it then?
0: Right, so maybe we're doing a disservice in that case. Yeah,
1: exactly. Hmm. So it's always, in nature, it's always minuses and pluses. No you doubt, know, we do something good, and then there's the there's the other side of it. Uh, another thing, uh, I was surprised to find when I came home. You know, I raise, I grow amaryllis. Now that's a bulb, and I have, and they multiply. I have thirty eight bulbs in pots.
0: That seems like a lot.
1: That's a lot by any standard. And and so my husband built this wonderful or uh, erected this wonderful uh, stainless steel shelving down in the basement. And I have this room that's unheated. And you bring these bulbs in, in their pots, and you let them go dormant. Mm-hmm. And when they're ready to start producing a flower, they send up a flower spike. So as soon as that thing comes through the soil, it's an inch or so tall, you bring it upstairs, you water this bulb really good. So you get the spike with the flowers on it, and each spike will maybe produce three, four, sometimes even five blooms. And uh, a lot of times as the bulb itself gets bigger, you'll have more than one spike coming up from that bulb. You'll have two. And then in addition to that, during the summer when they're growing really vigorously, you'll get additional little bulbs. They're very small, but they can develop into a nice big bulb, which is true to the same one as the parent. Well, so here I come home, and I've got all these little things coming up. And so, and, and you have to really water them good when you bring them up. Of course. They're so dried out. Yeah. So my sink. I can't use my sink. I got all these bulbs in there <laughs> that I'm watering, and now I'm trying to find places to put them in the windows and so under lights. It's going to be a
0: jungle of amaryllis in your home.
1: You know, it is going to be, <laughs> yes. But
0: what a beautiful jungle.
1: Yeah, that, that's true, too. Yeah. Now, the ideal thing is I give them away, uh, and last year I bought some, brought some to our plant sale, which we have uh, I think it's around uh, uh, April... Uh, in the in the summertime. Oh sure, yeah. So but these aren't hardy. They're not a hardy amaryllis. We do have some of those, but they're not hardy. They have to be inside. So uh, when they start producing, I mean it probably would be best to pot them up and give them away right away. Don't right. get attached to them. Yeah, so, right. so you don't have this, <laughs> this this problem. Well you have
0: thirty four children in the house or yeah, whatever it right. is, you know, right? Exactly. <laughs> don't get the, too attached.
1: And you know, flowers are great air purifiers for us oh so sure yes i keep telling my husband this that you know this is the quality of air in our house should be really good but then this week i read the article about radon Yes. and this is the month for radon testing we celebrate this and there was uh the according to the information you could go to the nicola county uh department of health and you could get a free radon kit and as soon as i see free i mean i grab my keys and sure I, I'm off to St. Peter, and I thought, well, all right. If they'll give away one, maybe they'll give away more. So I got from my neighbors too. Oh, good for you. So now I have to go around and and explain this to them.
0: It's not hard, though. You know, I put one up in my basement because we had we had high levels uh, of radon uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did some mitigation, right? Uh, and that helped. You know, we did subsequent tests, and that that reduced the levels quite a bit um, right. to to where it's very safe but you always want to do follow up you know you don't want to just trust that it's going to be good forever so right. we're doing a follow up test it's a 90 day test so sure we, sure we started in January so we've got a little time to wait before we turn in the results but you know hopefully we're still in real good shape and
1: well i found that the um, st peter the nicola county health Department people, they were so helpful, mm-hmm. and uh, and there, it, she said it was just constant people coming in to get these kids. So we're very concerned about this because the result is it radon does cause lung cancer. Yeah, we don't want that. I mean, no. we want to be as safe as possible. And she also told me she said now. Uh, for this first time kit like this, it's forty eight hours that you have it in your basement. Mm. So she said and then you send it in to get mm. the, the results. So she said, Remember that Monday is Martin Luther King Day. Ah. There's no mail
0: service. Sure.
1: So so you want to do this then Sunday, Monday and then send it off Tuesday.
0: So that's one of those quick tests. It uh, is one because, of those. Yeah, the one I have is, uh, you know, one where you have it up for three months and it takes, right, it's a, you right. know, it's a longer period.
1: More sophisticated. Than,
0: I don't know, it doesn't look, it looks like a hockey puck. I mean, there isn't much to is it, that but right? yeah. Is that
1: right? Well, this is just an indication, I guess, to know where you're at and it gets you started thinking at least. And she's told me something else that I thought was really important. She said, um, it isn't as important what the level is if it's higher, if you don't spend any time in your basement if you're one of she said if you spend less than eight hours a week in your basement she said this isn't such a concern for you right you know the number Uh, so so i thought i'm getting good information here so i know whether because this isn't a cheap thing to do this mitigation process
0: well what, what we did is um we determined that it was probably coming from our sump basket and so we uh just ran a pipe up into the attic of our garage, you know, right. had to go through the wall into the garage right, and then right. up through the into the attic, and uh, put a never-ending fan on there. Right, it's just on all the time, and sure, it just it sure. just draws air out of that that sump basket, and it it totally mitigated the situation. Right, um, and and that was my father-in-law, the uh, the the farmer. so oh, yes, he yes. can do anything.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Right. So
0: I mean, I right. didn't have anything to worry about.
1: Yeah. So so that's that's. I might have to consult you about that if the <laughs> if the bill is incredibly expensive yeah, yeah. to do that. You know. So.
0: Exactly.
1: I I love farmers. I love the resourcefulness oh, that they have. He can do anything. I yeah. mean, you know,
0: it's like oh, I got to weld that. Okay, come on, you wait know,
1: Or something like, breaks. Gravy. Oh, I can make a new part. Yeah. I can't find anything, but you know, I've got this and this, and I can make a new part. This will work. <laughs> and they're and they're great with everything. They're so they're so rounded in what they can do. I mean, they grow things. They mark. At things that yeah. you know, they're scientists, they really are. They have they know weather patterns. I love farmers, yeah. I think they're so great. I should have been a farmer, <laughs> I should have known <laughs> well. You a kind farmer.
0: of are, you can, you know, I mean, but you farm <laughs> smaller plots and uh and and more variety, but that's but you know, uh, when
1: it fun. comes to that engineering part, yeah. building things and that. Turn it over to my husband. There you go. I don't measure and cut straight. I tell you, that's a terrible thing for me.
0: Well, Barb, it's always a pleasure having you on uh, this program every Friday, and uh, we're bl- glad you're back because well, it was thank kind you. of it was kind of a, a a desert for a while while you were gone. So it's great to have you. Well, back.
1: Well, thank you, thank you, and it's good to be
0: here. All right, Barb Lansman, she is the master gardener right here on 89.7 The Maverick.